Hey everyone and welcome to Gaming After College, the only podcast that helps you manage your gaming time in your busy life. This is your host Manny speaking. Today I will be giving a short episode on Persona 5 Royal. Let's get started. Alright, not too much of a uh, personal update for everyone right now. Uh, I'm still playing Persona 5 Royal, so don't expect this uh, this podcast episode to be all-inclusive. And uh, I'm still playing Animal Crossing, which is a lot of fun. Um, I have yet to start on Final Fantasy VII, mainly because I know that game is going to take up a bunch of my time, and Persona 5 is taking up a bunch of my time. And I got a, a lot of personal stuff going on as well. So I try not to oversaturate my gaming time, even if I have a backlog of video games to play. Anyways, let's get started on Persona 5 Royal. Gotta relax. This is Earth Radio. And now here's human music. Hmm. Human music. I like it. All right, so up until now, uh, since I started this podcast about two years ago, my most played episode has been Persona 5, which is really interesting. Um, I don't quite know why. Maybe it's because Persona 5 is, uh, or Persona games in general, are rare. Um, JRPGs are not as popular as they once were in the US, um, I believe anyway. And uh, maybe not, not a lot of people cover them. Maybe. I don't know. But whatever. Uh, Persona 5 is a JRPG that was released in 2017. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, JRPG is Japanese RPG game. An RPG game is a role-playing game. And think Final Fantasy. Uh, think uh, turn-based style mechanics uh, when it comes to gameplay. Think Dragon Quest games, right? Those are all RPG games. They're generally, uh, the gameplay is generally uh, designed around a core story, a core set of characters, and you play as those characters, uh, you role play as those characters as they grow and develop throughout the game. And as far as combat goes, it's usually some form of turn, turn-based style system where uh, the, a player takes a turn, then the enemy takes a turn, and so on and so forth. And um, while that may sound boring to some, it is amazing. Um, anyways, uh, so Persona 5 was released in 2017, and as per usual with Atlas, uh, the makers of the Persona series, they always seem to release an updated version of their games a few years later. So for example, my favorite game of all time is Persona 4 Golden, right? Persona 4 was released in 2009, I believe. Persona 4 Golden was a remastered, expanded version of Persona 4 that was released in 2011, I believe. So a few years later, I believe. And, um, that's what that, that's what Atlas does. So Persona 5 came out and it was amazing. It was a hit. Uh, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 ratings everywhere. And um, that was in 2017. So about three years ago. And this year on March 30th um, or March 31st, I believe. No, 30th. Is there 31 days of March? Anyways, um, it was released uh, for the PS4 Persona 5 Royal. Now, Persona 5 Royal 
is an expanded game, right? So they added a whole new semester to the school system at the end. Oh, by the way, for those of you um, who have not listened to the Persona 5 uh, episode, please go ahead and do so, mainly because I don't plan to, to give a super huge review about this game because I already did. I'm only going to focus on slight changes and my own personal opinions about this game. And... Uh, yeah, so please listen to the Persona 5 episode so you understand what the game's about and what the gameplay is like. Um, I will give a little bit about that in this episode, but I'm mainly going to focus on the changes so far that I've noticed, and I will also include a link to those changes in the uh, show notes, all right? Yeah, so the game starts out normal, normally. Um, however, there are, there are certain tweaks to the to the designs of several of the Personas, that they're, that they're all different. Um, perhaps the biggest changes that I've seen so far are the inclusion of two brand new characters, uh, Kasumi and I'm forgetting the counselor's name. So basically there are two new confidants in this game that you are allowed to, uh, interact with and you're allowed to, um, increase your relationship with them. Uh, one of them is a high school counselor who was brought in after the first introduction to the persona universe, the, uh, metaverse. Um, after Kamashita was outed and he confessed his crimes to sexually abusing high school students. Man, out of context, this sounds weird. Please go ahead and listen to the Persona 5 episode. But anyways, they brought in a new character who's a counselor and you are able to build a confidant relationship with this person. And on top of that, they introduce a new character, um, Kasumi, who is a gymnast and she's a first year and you're able to build a confidant relationship with this person as well. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, confidants are um, friendships. There are friendships in this in this game that allow you to uh, build or create new personas that are much stronger. And for background, a persona is a physical manifestation of your inner soul. So for example, um, the, the whole theme of this game is re rebellion, like being rebellious. You're playing as high school students who are rebelling against the evil adults, right? And they have all these rebellious sort of personas. For example, uh, Ryuji is one person who's super rebellious and he's super, um, he does not like authority. His persona is Captain Kid, right? Captain Kid is, was, this, was a pirate way back when who was known, you know, for being a pirate. So it makes sense that Ryuji's persona is a pirate. Your main character, his first persona is Arsene. Arsene was a uh, grandmaster thief, um, a fictionalized grandmaster thief, and he looks like a thief, right? So you have all this rebellion in this game, and you build up your relationships to forge brand new personas that are much stronger. And the core of the game, the core of any Persona game, is to maximize these relationships as you see fit. And there's different mirrors at, um, that you'll see in life. For example, there are certain people that I trust very much in real life. And I would say that my confidant relationship with these people is a level 10 or a level 9 or whatever. So there's different mirrors that you'll see as you play the game. When you spend time with your confidants, they increase in rank. They open up to you. They trust you. You figure out their backstory. And this is the core of the Persona games, really, in my opinion. And they make them worth playing. So in addition... Oh, in addition to a lot of uh, UI tweaks and different tweaks to the gameplay, which I'll get to in a bit, um, the biggest changes that they did is add two new confidants and increase the game by a whole semester. So the gameplay, for those of you who remember, the game takes place in April of whatever year it is. They actually don't tell you the year. And you play for about a year. 
right? Every day, you know, th- th- there's a day system going on in the game where you go day by day and you don't have to wait until tomorrow to play is what I mean. And you go for a, ho- a whole year and that's it. But then you and then th- the game is over and they added a whole new semester to school um, to, for you to play, which is it increases the gameplay by probably another 20, 30 hours. So that's pretty cool. Hey guys, it's me. Not that you were expecting anyone else. Anyways, Gaming After College has a sponsor. I know, right? We're getting with the times. It's pretty exciting. Anyways, our sponsor of today's episode is Anchor. Anchor is a brand new service that lets you make podcasts, and they make it very easy to do so. All you need to do to make a podcast is right there on their app and right there on their website. On top of that, they handle automatic distribution of your podcast to various different platforms, so you don't have to do anything with RSS feeds. And then they look for sponsorships for your podcast with absolutely no minimum amount of listenership, which is great for me because I think I only have five of you guys out there listening to my beautiful voice and uh, keep going. Thanks, guys. The best part about Anchor, it's absolutely 100% free. So what are you waiting for? Go and try it out. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and in this third semester, there's a whole new plot, a whole new villain, and a whole new palace for you to explore. And for those of you who don't remember, a palace is um, in the metaverse, uh, a, a world exists, coexisting right next to our own. There are certain people who have these distorted desires that make different places seem different. For example, um, Kamoshida is this gym teacher, and he's the first palace you encounter. He's a gym teacher who used to be an Olympic medalist, and uh, he is actually sexually abusing students, and he is uh, physically beating some of his other students, his male students. And when you go into the metaverse, you see Kamoshida's palace as a castle, and in there, he himself, this uh, metaverse version of him, is a king. So. His desires have become so distorted that he views the school as his castle. Oh yeah, that, that's another thing I forgot to mention. The high school where they're located um, in the metaverse, it's, a, it's an actual castle, like a big medieval looking castle. And the purpose of the palace is that the palace is the palace ruler's, ruler's creation. So it's Kam- Kamashita's creation in, in his cognition, if you will. And the point of the game, again, if please go listen to the Persona 5 episode, but a point of the game is to go infiltrate these palaces, steal the palace ruler's treasure, and they will be forced to have a change of heart. And then they confess to their crimes. Pretty cool. Really cool concept. Um, and apparently the brand new expanded third semester that's added to Persona 5 Royal has a new villain. I have nothing about it. I don't know anything about it. And has a new p- a palace. So it's pretty cool. Um, another thing I should mention is that uh, for those of you who are playing this game or interested in playing this game, I will say that you need to maximize your confidant relationship with Kasumi and with the counselor and with Akechi. So Akechi is a recurring character in this game. He is um, he was in the original game uh, and he has a confident social link status. However, it's very scripted and very um, linear. In this game, they changed it. You can have more free time with him. You, uh, He's treated just like every other confidant. And it's important that you maximize all three of these um, as much as you can before the start of the, the third semester because uh, you'll miss certain plot details. I only know this because I read it in an article at Polygon, which I will uh, put in the show notes. So be sure to check that out because it's going to be talking about everything I'm talking about just in a uh, readable format. So if you feel like listening to an awesome voice, aka mine, uh, please continue to listen, um, even though I think I'm almost done. Um, or you can read the article, which I'm always a fan of Polygon. Again, not a sponsor, unfortunately, but please check that out. 
All right, now I'm going to talk about some of the minor tweaks tweaks in this game. So um, they're actually pretty cool uh, so far. So, for example, every night that you wanted to go out or hang out and Mona, the little cat, stops you. Yeah, she's not doing that anymore. So you have more availability to do things at night, which is pretty cool. Uh, they did full voice casting for every important scene. Uh, there are a couple important scenes in Persona 5 that didn't have voiceover. So you had to read it. Um, uh, that kind of pissed off a lot of people i was a little annoyed about it but about it because some of those uh, scenes were very important and i like to hear the voice acting which by the way the voice acting in this game is phenomenal it's really great um i can't name any of the voice actors but they are amazing at their jobs and you know please unionize unionize them but anyways let's not let's not get into politics right now um they did a lot of gameplay tweaks as well. So, for example, they they now do um, they now do what's called a baton pass uh, by default. So, a baton pass in the video game. So, for example, uh, one of the core concepts of Persona Five, which I covered in the Persona Five episode, is uh, the one more. So, you're fighting a villain, and the villain is weak to ice damage. You hit him with an ice damage, you get one more turn to do whatever you want. Now, normally. The only person who would be able to do one more turn would be the person who inflicted that ice damage. But what they did now is do a baton pass. And baton pass allows you to move your turn, that extra turn you got, to another character, thus opening up the possibility of exploiting additional weaknesses to other enemies on the field, which is freaking amazing. It has made the game so much better, like in my opinion. It, it's it's made it so cool. Um, they added a whole bunch of other UI tweaks and a whole bunch of other gameplay mechanics as well. So uh, different different game different guns are now available. And the more personas are available. Uh, the DLC for the game that is completely optional. You don't have to buy it. Um, gives you a lot of extra stuff that you didn't know you could get. Uh, unfortunately, you do have to pay for it to get it. But if you're a completionist, you know like me, and you're just a huge fan of Persona games, it's worth the the additional twenty dollars. And then on top of that, um, the guns that you get in the game, they're automatically reloaded after every fight. So what, what happened before is that you would have ammo for, for, for your um, palace crawling, but you can only use the gun maybe one or two fights and that's it, And which is pretty annoying. But now the gun gets refilled automatically after every fight, which makes it super cool. It doesn't make it useless. I hated the gun in the first game only because... You run out of ammo, so you run out of ammo so quickly. So that's pretty annoying. Now you can just use your gun as much as you want, like in one fight after you run out of ammo. That's okay because your ammo gets refilled at the end of the fight. As you're doing your, and then again, as you're doing your palace crawling, they added different things to the palaces. So in every palace now, there are what's called um, will seeds. Now, will seeds are things in cognition that sort of supplement the cognition that's happening around you. So Kamashita's palace had three will seeds. Um, all Actually, every palace has a will, a, a three will seeds. And you're able to c collect these will seeds. Now you do this by using the all-new grappling hook mechanic. Now the grappling hook is a hook that you can use in a palace, only in palaces, that allow you access to places you couldn't go to before, which is pretty cool. They added whole new areas to the dungeon, which means you can spend more time in dungeons now as well. And you can collect these will seeds. And if you collect all three in one palace, you get an amazingly powerful um, tool, um, tool, accessory, or weapon. And uh, as you keep playing, they added a new character whose name is Jose. Although they call him Josie, but um, I'm Mexican. And if I see J-O-S-E, I'm saying Jose. I'm not saying Josie. 
but whatever that maybe that's just me um so anyways there's there's this little kid jose who's in the game and he's in mementos now I don't want to get into mementos right now. Please listen to the original episode on this. Um, but he's in mementos and he, he allows you to um, basically spend more time in mementos. You, he sells different items that you definitely need that you can't get anywhere else, which is freaking awesome. And on top of that, if you collect all three will seeds and you can get these this amazingly powerful artifact in, in that palace, you show it to Jose and Jose will go ahead and make it even stronger. It is freaking amazing. If anything, all the little tweaks they made to this game just make it infinitely better. Um, outside of the palaces, they also added, um, obviously, Mona doesn't tell you to go to sleep anymore. On top of that, some of the uh, social links, uh, they now call you on the phone, right? You know, you used to call me on my cell phone, but whatever, right? So they call you on the cell phone now. So that allows you to increase the social link status even faster. So it's freaking awesome. Like, it's 100% amazing. Um, they just made the game better. Like, if anything, this is the definitive version of Persona 5. Like, I will stop recommending Persona 5 to people. I'm going to say Persona 5 Royal, and I'm not even done with it. I um, I received the game about a week ago, and I think I've already invested about 30 hours of my life into it. That's on top of Animal Crossing. So it's insane how much I've been playing. And um, actually, this is a great segue into how long to beat. So let's get into that right now. So if you're looking to play this game and you're only looking to finish the um, the main storyline, you're looking at about 101 hours. Now, I need you to put that into perspective. 101 hours just to beat the game. What the hell, right? That's insane, right? But 101 hours. So you spend $60 for over two weeks two work weeks of your life of gaming spread across probably a few months that's pretty great like that is a steal in terms of gaming in my opinion now let's say you wanted to do some of the side quests which there are plenty of side quests or you want to do a lot of the social links but not necessarily everything you're looking at around 113 hours which isn't bad why not go for that right it's 113 what's 12 more hours and then if you want to get everything this game has to offer, I'm talking about all the personas, all the social links maxed out, all your personal stats maxed out, everything, um, all the side quests, right, completed. If you wanted to do that, you're looking at about 141 hours. So 141 hours spread over a few, or a few months, especially when the Rona's out there and everyone's under quarantine. That's not time bad spent, you know, that's that's time well spent, in my opinion. So, you know, that's freaking awesome. And I, I really think anyone who's interested in JRPGs and anyone who's interested in Persona should definitely pick up this game. And again, um, I said this in the original Persona 5 episode, which I encourage everyone to listen to. Um, Persona 5 is a non-sequential game. Persona 5 is an anthology series. They have sort of recurring elements and recurring themes and sometimes very occasionally recurring characters but you don't have to play each one to know what happens in the next one you just got to play one at a time so they're standalone games persona 5 royal you don't need to know stuff from persona 4 there's a lot of easter eggs and stuff which i'm really i really appreciate but you don't need to know it you don't really need to to to, to play those games to know what happens in persona 5 i encourage you to but persona 5 royal stands alone by itself you should everyone should go check it out
Well, all right. Um, let's see. I covered gameplay changes. I covered story changes. I talked a little bit about the background. And most importantly, I covered how long to be. Um, I think that about covers everything. Um, again, these episodes are short. This one was supposed to be short anyway, because I'm only covering the differences between Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, which is the definitive version of Persona 5. I will fight anyone. Um, I encourage everyone to check that out. I included in the show notes the How Long To Be article and the article on Polygon giving a review of Persona 5 Royal. Let's see. I think that's about it. So if anyone has any questions, comments, or concerns, or any episodes, or any uh, video games they want me to check out personally, please go ahead and reach out to me at jac underscore podcast or send me an email at gamingaftercollege at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.